You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with a surety that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello, and thanks for joining me on Recovering Faith Podcast. Today, I'm going to be tackling the question, what is the meaning of life? I'm not sure how many times per year people search the internet for the answer to the question, what's the meaning of life? I just know that it's a lot, and it's one of the most important and most asked questions, both today and throughout all human history. I think it would be a fair statement to say that the vast majority of philosophy is aimed at answering the question of the meaning of life, and there are as many supposed answers to that question as there are philosophers. Actually, I think most philosophers were and are a lot more interested in questions than they are in answers, and even when an answer is readily available, they pretend that there is not an answer, especially if it has religious implications. The question of the meaning of life has also been the subject of numerous artistic works. And I know a lot of you are going to think that I'm a massive nerd for having read the book, and even more so for doing it more than once. But in the book, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, one of the subplots in the story is about a supercomputer named Deep Thought that was created for the sole purpose of answering the ultimate question, what is the meaning of life? the universe, and everything. Deep Thought told those who asked the question to return in exactly seven and a half million years for the answer, and when the allotted time was up, Deep Thought had given for the coalescing was complete, a massive crowd of epic proportions gathered together to hear the answer. When the officials approached Deep Thought at the allotted time and asked if it had the answer to the ultimate question, the supercomputer said, Yes, but you're not going to like it. After the officials said that they absolutely must know and demanded the answer, Deep Thought said, The answer to life, the universe, and everything is. And at this point, the computer paused to allow the the crowd to stew in suspenseful anguish. And the crowd was absolutely cheering in anticipation of the answer. And Deep Thought said, 42. When the crowd realized... Uh, what the answer was, they went deathly silent, and the officials protested the answer, saying that it did not make any sense, and therefore could not be the answer. Yes, Deep Thought replied, I have thought it over quite thoroughly. And uh, I'll quickly play that short clip from the movie, That's uh, so you ha- can actually hear it from there. Many millions of years ago, a race of hyper-intelligent, pan-dimensional beings got so fed up with the constant bickering about the meaning of life that they commissioned two of their brightest and best to design and build a stupendous supercomputer to calculate the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Oh, Deep Thought, we want you to tell us the answer. The answer to what? 
the answer to life, the universe, everything. We'd really like an answer. Something simple. Hmm, I have to think about that. Return to this place in exactly seven and a half million years. Is it finished? Oh no, there's more. There's more. They go back. What, seven and a half million years later? That's right. They do. Answer for you? Yes, but you're not going to like it. It doesn't matter. We must know it. All right. The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything is. Forty-two. Yes, I thought it over quite thoroughly. It is. It's 42. One of the things that I do quite often, and I'm sure some people think it's one of my more annoying habits, is whenever someone asks a question, regardless of what the question is, I immediately answer with 42. Occasionally I get a laugh, but most of the time there's a little awkward silence, and then the person says, um, okay, and then repeats the question. Of course, at this point, I realize the person I'm talking to is not in on the joke, and I give an answer that they will accept. Before the internet, and even long before the printing press, people were asking what the meaning of life was, and there have always been uh, someone who, was, who have claimed to have the answer. And all belief systems, religious or otherwise, attempt to answer the question of the meaning of life. At this point, some people may ask me what makes Christianity different from all other forms of religion. And that will be the subject of a later podcast episode. But for now, let it suffice to say that Christianity is the only religion in the entire world where we are saved based on the merits of God and the good favor of God and not by anything that we ourselves can do or have done. Even for those who don't believe in a higher power, or claim not to believe in a higher power, it is quite impossible, I think, to look at the majesty of the star-studded night sky, the huge ocean, a mighty mountain, or even a beautiful sunset, and think that there is nothing out there bigger than us, which causes the question of what the meaning of this life is. If there were no God, then there would be no meaning to life, and any intellectually honest atheist admits that. For life to have meaning, then there, by necessity, has to be some cosmic power to assign meaning as a life that happened by happenstance is just there, and yet even the most staunch atheists feel as if his or her life should mean something, and they seek for some sort of meaning. The answer to life, the universe, and everything is not, despite common belief, 42. Unless, of course, 42 is translated to mean Jesus. 
We don't need a supercomputer to answer the question of the meaning of life, as God has already answered the question for us in His Word, the Holy Bible. But because it is not popular or trendy to believe in the Bible, and because it always causes us to critically examine aspects of our life and to make changes, it is largely ignored by the masses, and they look for meaning elsewhere, but never find it. People try to find meaning in their lives in all sorts of ways, from climbing their career ladder to family to fame, but nothing in this world, regardless of how highly regarded by society, can bring fulfillment. And there is ample proof of that. Plutarch, the Greek Roman biographer, wrote that when Alexander the Great saw the breadth of his domain, he wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer. And a lot of athletes, having reached the top of their fields, lament that there was nothing left to strive for when they reached the top. In 2005, in an interview with 60 Minutes, football legend Tom Brady, who had achieved everything he had set out to achieve and had the praise of most of the world, said that he was unhappy and said that there must be more to life than this. And when asked what more there could be, he said, I wish I knew. And I'll play a short clip of that interview real quick. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. I mean, I've done it. I'm 27. And what else is there for me? What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. In the book of Ecclesiastes, in the Bible, King Solomon, who was arguably the richest man who ever lived, and possibly the wisest man to ever live, despite having everything he could have ever wanted readily at hand, wrote about how unhappy and unsatisfied he was with life, and bemoaned how vain and utterly pointless life is. Or at least that is how he started the book of Ecclesiastes. Just in case you have not read the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon does find an answer to the meaning of life. And it was not more stuff, more status, more sex, more alcohol, or anything like that. Though he did initially try all of those things to find meaning in life, and realized, as all eventually do, that those things do not bring meaning to life. The answer to everything and to life is God. And despite being raised by a, by a father, David, who was referred to as a man of God after, or a man after God's own heart, it took Solomon a long time to accept the truth. Solomon initially thought he could find happiness and riches and worldly pleasure, but ultimately it left him more empty than before. And at one point, Solomon described it as vanity of vanities. Everything under the sun is vanities, he said. I heard somewhere that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And since the beginning of man, there have been those who looked for happiness and meaning and everything other than what they should have. Every generation and every person thinking that he or she would be the exception and that they would be the one who would find fulfillment and happiness through fame, money, power, and worldly pleasures. 
However, if fame, money, and worldly pleasure truly brought happiness, there would not be so many famous people, especially rock stars, who are so lost that they end their own lives. One thing people usually get right, or at least they used to get right, is they realize to have meaning in their lives that they must be part of something bigger than themselves. They just often get confused as to what that something is. In today's culture, being part of something bigger than yourself is no longer seen as a requirement for happiness. And as a result, people are more unhappy than at any other time in history. And the suicide rates continue to climb higher than ever. Religious belief is seeing a sharp decline, especially in Western societies. So it should be no surprise that uh, more and more people are feeling unfulfilled, empty, and lost. In Christian circles, it's often said that every human has a God-shaped hole in his or her heart, and the only God can fill it. And there is even a reliable scientific evidence for that. Psychology Today did a study on religious belief and on depression, and they found that religious people are more happy. The study even found that those who claimed to be spiritual but not religious had a higher rate of depression than those who had more of a religious devotion. And uh, I am going to put the link to all of those sources in the show notes for this episode. The reason that everyone has a God-shaped hole in their hearts is because we were made to have a relationship and a fellowship with God. And when sin entered the world, it disrupted that fellowship. But through Jesus, through his death on the cross and resurrection, it was made possible for man to be reconciled to God. As Solomon discovered, after wasting much of his life on everything other than God, the only thing that ultimately matters is our relationship with God. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 3.11, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in human heart. Yet no one can fathom what he has done from beginning to end. The reason that we are not satisfied with the things of this world is because God has set eternity in the human heart, and we all long to be with God even if we have pulled ourselves into thinking otherwise. The meaning of life isn't to achieve stuff or status, as all those things are going to go away when we die anyway. The meaning of life, the real meaning of life, is to live our lives and to be reconciled with God so that we can spend eternity in heaven with God. And people who have realized that, even if they don't have all these worldly things that everybody thinks that they should strive for, are a lot happier in life. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.